Hello, good people of the universe, and welcome to Diamond Life with Shea Butter. If you tuned into the last episode, I introduced myself and I gave my reason why I joined the Army. At that time, my living and my occupation choices were not ideal for me, and those parts of my life did not fit anymore. So today, we will define those traumatic moments that I spoke of and how they are currently or previously affecting me, and we will also define trauma. So the definition of trauma is an emotional shock following a stressful event or a physical injury, which may be associated with a physical shock and sometimes leads to long-term neurosis. Trauma also has lasting adverse effects on the individual's functioning and mental, physical, social, emotional, or spiritual spiritual well-being. So first, I just want to say that certain trauma we face gives us the impression that everything in life is transactional, meaning the things that we aren't ready for or couldn't comprehend the mental trauma leaves us with the misconception that I must have done something to cause this, right? So that misconception now affects how we interact and accept certain things from people. We think, I have to give you this in order for to get this or that from you. So I read a chapter from The Body Keeps the Score, and I read chapter four, and chapter four stated, when we recall events, it largely depends on how personally meaningful it was and how emotional we felt about it at that time. Normal versus traumatic memory. Injury girl, what? So I want to go over those traumatic events that I spoke of, right? So the traumatic event with my mom's ex-boyfriend at that time, or boyfriend at that time. Um, I recall when I was maybe about three or four, and at that time, my mom and my stepdad hadn't got married. Um, and my mom's boyfriend then, we will name him Big Eyes because I'm not going to use names. But anyway, he tried to scold me, and I think he ended up like trying to grab me. And my mom saw him um, grab me, right? So after he grabbed me, I don't know what flicked or what flicked, (laughs) what clicked or what happened, but it was like a flick of a light switch. And I witnessed my mom turn into a demon, right? Like just completely out of her body type behavior, right? So I just remember her fighting him and pretty much like beating him up. Like my mom is 6'2". And this person, about the same height as my mama. So I'm just like, wow, like these are two tall people like going at it. And my mom is literally trying to murder this man. Like she is going off. But I remember her biting him. And basically my mama drew blood. Like she was not playing. Like she was not playing. But I just remember that event, right? Now, I remember seeing that, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just watching them fight, going back and forth, because he grabbed me, right? So, I'm just like, dang, this is crazy, like, but I realized that my mom is going to do whatever it is that she needs to do to protect me, or she always going to come through, right? So, I just remember that, and I recalled that event or that day that that happened, so We fast forward to me being about 20 years old and her boyfriend at that time um, that she was, we was all living together. It was my mom, her boyfriend, and his two kids, or one of his kids stayed there. The other child did not. 
But um, I just recall him saying what he said to me. And he basically, you know, if you didn't catch the last episode. And I said that he was like, you got your head on straight better than your mama. Why can't she be more like you? And if I wasn't talking to your mama and you was old enough, um, I would talk to you kind of type thing. Right. Like, I'm just like, ew. But I didn't want to tell my mama because I recall that day when Big Eyes was trying to scold me. And thankfully, back then, my mom didn't go to jail for that because she really beat the shit out of that man. Like, she beat the shit out of that man. But my mom just seemed so happy with this new person. And I didn't want to ruin her happiness or have her go to jail. So I stayed quiet. Um, I didn't say nothing. But I avoided satellite head. That's what we're going to call him. As much as I could, right? Like, I would lock my door whenever I came to my room. Or whenever I came home, I would lock my door immediately. Um, whenever I went to the bathroom, shut the door, lock the door immediately. Um, or I would come home when I knew nobody would be there. Or when everybody was asleep, right? So, I just remember that. And remember doing that. And it was just like, I don't want to keep having to come home immediately. Or come home and immediately lock the door immediately feel like I have to stay within these four walls I feel like I feel like I'm in prison shit like I feel like I'm in prison so I think it was that summer or during the summer um I ended up going into her bedroom and I remember because I had on a white tank top um you know the little city trends tank tops you get or whatever they you know they cheap they about 4.99 or whatever shout out to city trends because i really love those tank tops but anyway i'll go in her room and i sit on her bed like i always do i still do that to this day and i just you know we just had a conversation but i remember we was talking about the cell phone bill and i just ended up telling her um what satellite head had said to me so I'm just like going through it and like telling her this and I'm like, I'm getting nervous. Like my hands were sweating. Like I was sweating. I felt like I was getting hot. Like I just was so nervous and anxious because I just didn't know what she was going to do or what she was going to say. But surprisingly, I'm not sure what she even said to him, but over the next few weeks we was moving. Like we was gone. Like she came to me and she was like, pack your shit. Like, we moving like this. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. <laughs> this is not a drill. Pack your shit. We leaving. So it made me feel like, damn, my mama really got my back. And if I'm not comfortable, she hitting the gas. Like we riding. We out. We gone. Point blank, period. Like we we gone. So we moved into the apartments in Yanceyville and we stayed there until I had to leave for basic training. So the trauma that I felt like I experienced with jail meat now that I am older, I no longer talk to this person. Um, I have cut all communication um, off from this person. Like he has fell off the face of the earth to me completely. But the behavior or the trauma that I experienced from this person was narcissistic behavior, gaslighting, verbal abuse, and he would quote unquote, praise me whenever I did um, whatever he asked me, right? So if he asked me to send him $20 and I'm a college girl, like I'm working two jobs and going to school. So I'm paying, you know, I'm not paying my way through college, but 
I'm paying for the small stuff that I'm responsible for at that age, right? My cell phone bill, putting gas in my car, and, you know, small stuff, right? Because $7.50 was the minimum wage at McDonald's at that time because I was working at McDonald's. And I was working at Olive Garden, and I was a waitress at Olive Garden. So, you know, waitresses don't make nothing but tips, right? Tip y'all waitresses because they really don't make nothing. They make $3 an hour, and it might not even be that. Like, waitresses don't really make no money unless they make tips, right? So, I'm literally just, like, experiencing all these different things from this person. Um... Whenever he told me to go, I was on go. Like, whenever he told me, hey, I want to see you this week, make it happen. Your girl was missing class to go see this man in prison. Like, it was so bad. Y'all, it was so bad. I literally put on a matching. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. But I put on a matching outfit. Ooh. I put on a matching outfit. Like, okay. So, you know, prison, right? They have the um the white shirts, white T-shirts. And the, uh, the little khaki pants, um, I think they might be like Dickies or something like that, right? And the little New Balances, right? And they always, all the dudes always, you know, pull their shoestrings out a little bit to make them fit like they're kind of big, right? Girl, whoo, Lord. I'm so embarrassed to admit this, y'all. But it's okay because I know better. I did better. I'm doing better and I'm going to continue to do better. And I'm going to continue to grow. And that part of my life is, that's a closed chapter. Literally, it is a closed chapter. But <laughs> I wore a matching white t-shirt. And I remember because I bought a pack of the white t-shirts, right? At Walmart. I bought a pack of the t-shirts and I was like, I'm going to need to take two t-shirts because I'm clumsy. I know I, you know, when I'm eating and shit and I got on the white t-shirt, I'm always going to drop something on my white t-shirt, right? Every single time. Never fails. But I did. I had two white t-shirts in my, in my car and I had on some, whew, I had on some khakis. Um, they were some jeans. They were some little tight jeans, but I had them on and I had on some little combat boots when they was in style or whatever. I mean, they still in style, but, you know, mine was like real, like, they was combat boots, y'all. Like, combat boots. Not the ones that you really wear in combat, but they was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was black and they laced all the way up, but they want the long ones. They stopped, like, probably about, like, mid-calf or something like that, right? But I thought I was doing something right because here it is. I'm grown thinking i'm grown going to the pre going to the prison <laughs> i'm going to prison y'all i'm going to the prison i'm driving to this prison which is about what two hours away from from yanceville i think it might have been more might have been two three hours away or whatever right i know it was about two hours because i miss class y'all i miss class to go see this man in prison behind the glass <laughs> behind the glass like i'm really sitting here excited about going to see this man behind the glass sorry i'm drinking my bright and early if you truly know me like on a personal level you know that bright and early is literally my favorite orange juice don't tell me it's not orange juice because it is that's all i'm gonna say but i'm like really like going to prison seeing this man and whatever he telling me to do like I'm I'm doing it right like I'm doing it but 
the trauma that I experienced from that, right? Like it was some, that was a lifetime movie. Like that was really a lifetime movie. Um, it just, it was just a lot, right? Like, so traumatic experiences can be anything, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, childhood neglect, living with somebody um, that has a mental issue or a mental health issue rather, and um, they have a substance use, substance abuse or substance use disorder. I can't talk. But um, sudden explained separation from a loved one, poverty, racism, discrimination, oppression, violence in the community, war or terrorism. Like, and I felt like I was going through the physical and the emotional abuse, right? Um, dealing with this person. But I had also experienced um, basically a sudden, it was explained, but it wasn't explained in terms that I felt like I could understand at that time. But sudden separation from my father, right? Like my father or the father that I knew, not my biological father, but my stepfather. My stepfather had been in my life from age five up until 18, right? So that was the only father that I really considered my father. You know what I'm saying? So it was, that was, that was traumatic for me. That was, that was really traumatic for me to, to have that happen as I'm turning 18 or after I turn 18. And then I'm dealing with this emotional abuse and physical abuse from this person that I'm thinking loves me or cares about me and I'm not understanding, right? Like I'm not understanding why I'm going through all of this, but in the same sentence, like I'm realizing like at that time, I felt like he was my best friend, right? Because I'm being honest with him, telling him how my parents' divorce really made me feel because I couldn't tell it to my mom. I couldn't tell it to my, my stepdad. I couldn't tell it to them because they were separated, you know? So they was, we was living, we was all living in separate houses. Like, I couldn't call him up and be like, oh, this is how I'm feeling about the divorce or y'all leaving each other or y'all separating. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that with my mom either. My mom was dealing with her own emotions um, about that separation, right? I'm pretty sure he was too, but they both was dealing with their own emotions about it. But... We moved into the apartments, you know, in Yanceville, and I stayed there until I had to leave for basic training. And what really made me say, like, look, okay, you got to figure something out because this is not working. Like, okay, y'all done moved away from Satellite Head, and, you know, y'all done moved away from Satellite Head, and y'all in a new environment. You know, it's just you and your mama and your baby brother, you know, it's just y'all, right? Like, it's just us. And it, that was, that was a time period where I was like, I felt like, okay, this ain't too bad, right? Like this is, this is, this is a situation that's not ideal, but it's okay, right? Um, but I felt stuck, right? Like I felt like, um, I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know what tools to use to get there. And I wasn't aware of what tools that I had around me to get there. Um, I was literally going to school and working two jobs. And if you know anything about these two cities, Danville, Roxborough, and Yanceville, you know how far they are apart. 
So I was driving from when my mom and her boyfriend Nian South Lighthead was talking. Um, I was driving from Burlington to Danville or Burlington to Yanceyville to go to school, then back to back to Danville to go to work my other job or you know, I was just driving all around these four places or these four cities like Burlington, Danville, Yanceyville and Roxborough because I was taking I was taking phlebotomy and that was in Roxborough. But when I you know, I finished that program or whatever and I just let my certification just sit because I was too nervous to take the damn test to get my certification. Girl, nervous train wreck for real. But I was too I was too nervous to take my test because I didn't want to fail, right? Like I didn't want to fail a test and I worked so hard to go to school, working two jobs, still doing homework, like I worked too hard. So I just didn't want to take the test because I was too scared of failing. Like people do that. And I understand that now, like that's not something that I hold against myself anymore because I did that. It happened. Oh well, okay, next, keep it moving. But basically, I just felt stuck in Yanceyville, right? Like I felt stuck. I knew that was not where I wanted to be. Um, at the time, I don't think the Piedmont Community College in Yanceyville was offering nursing classes um, or the nursing classes that I needed, right? So they was probably offering the nursing classes, but they wasn't offering what I needed. So I wasn't trying to keep driving to Roxborough and then driving to Yanceyville, then driving to Danville or none of that. Like I was not trying to do that. That was exhausting to say the least. And I'm still talking to this man in prison. So occasionally I got to miss class or I got to, you know, miss work or whatever to go see him. Like, girl, no, girl, no, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ham, no, Pam, uh-uh, not doing it no more. So my living situation wasn't ideal. And my mom was supportive, but she wasn't supportive of the relationship that I had with jail meat. Like, she was supportive in the sense that, like, she seen me, you know, smiling and everything like that. But I didn't really tell her a lot of things that was going on with that relationship or really tell her. But in a in a sense, like, she already knew, right? Like, my, my mama already knew. Been there, done that, probably. Like, she probably been there, done that. So I'm just like, okay, I just need to have my own everything. Like, I just need to get out of her house so I can be with this man and we can create our life together and we can be married and drive off in the sunset in in our car. Like, this is forever. Y'all, I really thought that I was his Charlie. What's her name? Charlie B, I think that's her name. Is it Charlie B? I don't know. Charlie Red, whatever the fuck her name is. I thought I was... I was Charlie and he was Ja Rule, girl. Like, I thought I was a down-ass bitch for real. Because whatever he asked me to do, like, I was I was there. I was doing it. I was going to do it. But that came from, you know, an incident where we'll talk about later on. Um, that came from that, right? You know, like, that That was a traumatic. That was, that, was, that was real traumatic for me. But I was like, I need to let go of this dead weight. Like, I, I, need, to, I, need, I need to let it go. Like, this is not suitable for me. It's not ideal. It's not It's not going nowhere. Like, what am I doing with this person? Um, at that time, he was a two-time felon, three kids, two different baby mamas, and I had zero. Zero kids, no felons. Like, <laughs> we literally, like, we two and three. You two, 
two, three, and I'm uh I'm zero right now. Like you got two felonies, three kids, two different baby mamas, and I'm you know what I'm saying? Like I ain't I ain't really even lived yet. Like I ain't really lived. But I think it was the summertime, around the summertime, so like a couple months before I got ready to leave for basic training, because I left in September of 2015, um, it was a couple months before that, I just started feeling like, like, what am I doing with this relationship? What am I doing in this relationship? What am, what's, what's benefiting me out of this like, am I really going to be able to handle somebody having three kids with two different baby mamas and two felonies? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that, what does that situation or what does that relationship really look like? Um, and I'm trying to get my nursing license, right? Like, how is that going to look? What is that going to look like? Um, what are we going to have? Like, what, what, what is that going to look like? So I, I felt like I really needed to drop that dead weight. Um, I knew I couldn't handle it. Um, I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do deep down in my heart. Like, yeah, this man is your best friend. This man, you can confide in him. Like, you know, y'all, he tell you he love you or whatever, whatever. Like he feeding you stories on what, you know, like telling you what you should do. But of course, you know what I'm saying? Like anybody that is anybody that is a nurse or anybody that knows the salary of a nurse like, y'all know that's a walking fucking bag. Like, that is a walking bag. Legit. A walking bag. And she about to be in the army? Walking fucking bag. Like, period. It's a walking bag. I don't care what you say. It's a walking bag. So, it just seemed to me that I would be the sole provider, right? Because I'm not saying it's impossible but your chances of finding a job as a two-time felon is kind of slim, right? Like, y'all know that it's, it's kind of slim. So, how we going to eat? What we going to do? Like, what we going to do? Like, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? Because if I don't got it, you damn sure don't got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just we just going to be sitting here looking stupid, quite frankly. Like, we really going to be sitting here looking stupid. Um, I really didn't understand what was going on in my life at that point before I got ready to leave for basic training. Um, I just felt like, like, damn, I'm about to leave. You know, it is what it is. Um, if we together, we together. If we not, we not. Um, but I care about this person, right? Like, I don't want to just walk away from it. Um, this is who I want to be with that in my mind. That's what I had. Like, that's the thought that I had. Like, this is who I want to be with. But so we're going, you know, fast forward just a little bit. Um, the day that I got ready to leave for basic training, I never forget. Like I never forget September 28th, 2015. Literally, I am going to the recruiting station and my mom, my aunt, my grandma and my aunt's kids and my sister, or I call her my sister, but we're not blood sisters. But anyway, we all, you know, we go to the recruiting station and they all crying. Like, I'm just like, damn, like, 
I'm really about to do this. Like, it's really like it's it's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 real now. Like, I can't turn back. I can't say no. I can't walk away. Like, this is what it is. Um, I remember my aunt telling me, "Keep your head up. Keep praying. No matter what you do, don't look down. Keep praying. Like, you got this." This is easy. It is what it is. Like, don't draw no attention to yourself and just keep it moving. My grandma, of course, I'm going to keep you in my prayers. My mama was a train wreck, y'all. My mama was a train wreck that day. Like, real live train wreck. Like, she crying. The kids crying. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, because I didn't know what to do. Like, I had made that choice based off of my living situation, all these jobs that I had, me going to school. Like, I got tired of doing all of that, and it was exhausting. Like, my body and my mind was tired. I was ready to go. But, y'all, that same day that I got ready to leave, tell me why this man gets out of prison. Yes, he was released. So the same day that I'm leaving is the same day that he is getting out of prison and he is on his way to Burlington to come and see me before I leave. Girl, it did not work. It didn't work. And that was by the grace of God, y'all. It was by the grace of God. It was Jesus, Devontae, Christ, and all Mary and her lambs did that one. Like, they did that one. They did that one. Because I left, and I think he said, or he said he pulled up to the recruiting station, and I was gone. But we gonna leave it where it's at. <laughs> but that was by the grace of, grace of God, like for real. And I, I think now at twenty seven, I thank God for that moment in my life. Right, like I thank God for that moment. I thank God that we did miss each other. Right, not saying that. Well, I am going to say this. I don't know if I would have went or not if that would have happened and we would have seen each other. Um, But quite frankly, like, I can't really even say what would have happened because I really don't know what would have happened. But um, I felt like things would have been a little bit different had we seen each other, right? Like, I would have stayed in that toxic relationship. I would have stayed with this man and, and dealt with all the baggage that he cl- that he came with, right? But, yeah. Same day that he got out of prison, that he was released from prison, your girl was shipped off. I was gone, hitting the gas. And it just was what it was. Like, that was my saving grace. At that time in my life, I felt like the Army was my saving grace at that moment. And... It didn't dawn on me until later on, um, after letting that go, um, how the Army created more bags of trauma. But tune in for episode three on the trauma from Jail Meat and how I just kept collecting bags of trauma throughout my life period or the chapter in my life of me leaving for basic training and from basic to you know the next chapter um thank you for listening and you can follow me on instagram at diamonds are forever 
That is diamonds R with the letter R forever, two R's and two underscores. Thank you and tune in next time with Diamond Life with Shea Butter.